Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. And if you've been enjoying the show, spread the word. Send the podcast to a friend or maybe a relative. Say, hey, check out AWOD on the mic by downloading the Odyssey app and searching 910 The Fan or checking out the podcast, Best of AWOD Radio, a full hour of the show available for you on your ride home. Just search AWOD Radio on Spotify or iTunes. And if you've been listening to the show, you know around the month of December, I turned into the sports Grinch, right, Stubbin? Most of that was because I was so upset that Ron Rivera still had a job. I am a known Ron Rivera hater. I wanted him fired sure two years ago. I can't stand watching him on the sidelines, cross his arms. So frustrating anytime he goes to the media. You know, won't shut his mouth. He's opening up and he's telling inside secrets that we should not have been he- hearing about. Like the fact that a few players were complaining about the enemy. That's just soft. He didn't know his team was eliminated. I mean, there's just a hundred things why I'm a known Ron Rivera hater. In fact, I had a listener come up to me at Cap Ale House day after Rivera was fired and said, you weren't happy enough. You should have been more energetic about Rivera being fired. And I thought him being fired would be the end of me talking about Ron on the air. But he decided to sit down with John Kime of ESPN and piss me off once again. Is Ron lying? Listen to this quote, Stubb. Tell me if you think he's lying. says, quote, Sometimes you have to take a step back in the coaching hierarchy. I have several opportunities right now. Want to make sure it's the right one. Does Ron Rivera actually have an opportunity? Who the hell would hire a guy that's below 500 for his career, has not had a winning season in eight years? I think he might be saying it in in the royal sense, where there are so many opportunities of what I could hypothetically do. Not that he has everyone reaching out. I told my Cowboys friend that they should take him. Yeah. That he would be a great fit for the Cowboys. (laughs) I just, I don't understand. Um, he, He, you know, he said he still wants to coach again. Another quote, he says... I would have loved a different model in Washington just because in hindsight, now you really see how much more time you spend on personnel. And as a coach, that's not necessarily what you want to do. What I really enjoyed more than anything else the last five weeks was just being right in the middle of everything. Now your only focus is just that one thing. That's what you do. You want to teach. I understand what he's saying here. Right? He was dealt an unfair deck of cards. He had to come to Washington, take over for Jay Gruden, who literally was fired and seen on the street smoking a cigarette talking to a girl. Like, you never want to see that from your head coach. No. Right? And Dan Snyder, the worst owner in the history of sports. Terrible situation. But he came in here and claimed he was going to fix the culture and all of that. And it didn't work. And it was unfair because, like he said right there, the model was not right. He was given too much power to be the team, basically the team president, GM, the commander-in-chief, and, oh, yeah, the commander's head coach, right? All of that. And I understand he liked the last five weeks because he was right in the middle of everything. He got to coach again. It reminded him of his early days in Carolina, probably. Problem is, his defense actually got worse. Yeah, they went, went from 31st in the NFL to 32nd. Yeah, they have fun coaching an 0-5 stretch. Like, yeah. <laughs> how fun is that? It's just it's unbelievable. He also went on to talk about Sam Howell, and this really pissed me off. He goes... I took a big gamble. I put a lot on Sam, and I probably shouldn't have put as much pressure on him. And I think that was probably one of the mistakes I made this year. He didn't deserve to have that put on him. He's a good young quarterback. Has some talent and some ability, and I think that's something I should have backed off on. 
I should have kept emphasizing he was going to be the guy that got the first opportunity. Just phrasing it that way would have taken a lot of pressure off him, just kind of that he hadn't been anointed. And that's what he did, is after one game against the Dallas Cowboys, who knows knows if they were trying hard or not, and he had an interception and one touchdown, he's 11 of 19, 11 completed passes, and Ron Rivera goes, we've got our guy. He anointed him QB1 going into the offseason where most NFL teams were looking to draft a quarterback or bring in a free agent, Ron Rivera took a, yeah, it was a big gamble, Ron. You took a swing, and you kind of missed. And you're right. You did put a lot of pressure on Sam before the offseason even began. And it's just, it's so frustrating because, to me, like, every move Ron Rivera made was to keep his job, right? It was like a last-minute scramble. It was a last-minute scramble. It was a shot in the dark. Why do you think he anointed him QB1? So that he could keep his job and claim, hey, we finally found our quarterback. And then you know what, Ron? You benched him and ruined his confidence. Yeah, and we believed we believed in Sam for quite a while. Yeah. He he had us he had us hooked. And and so did Sam. And I don't know if it was pressure that got to him or if he was just not that great in well, the first place. Right. He should not have been, you know, anointed QB1. It should have been a true quarterback con- competition and Jacoby Brissett might have won if it was a true competition, right? I mean, we're talking about a guy that came in and led the Commanders from behind to take a lead in two of the games that he played. Yeah, he his his small play time, the stats on that are ridiculous. Yeah, he really did look decent. So, I mean, it's just it's just so frustrating. Um, do we have some of the clips though? I do want to play Ron Rivera on the culture. That's clip number two, Stub. Here's Ron uh, Ron Rivera. On John Kime's podcast, John Kime, longtime Commanders beat reporter for ESPN. Well, I think first of all, I think the 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 character level of the young men that we have in. I mean, you know, we sure we had some guys with speeding tickets, stuff like that, but <laughs> you know, it, it 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 it's nothing that that was you know concerning to to a point where you know you really worry about what what's going on. Um, you know, we didn't have that, and that was one of the things that we tried to to to, to eliminate, obviously. You know, we um, we were able to change a lot of things around the facility and and, and make it a, a a better facility. It's too soon, Ron. You really didn't change the culture. You really didn't fix anything. I I get where he's going with the young guys. They you know there wasn't a murder like the you know, Jay Gruden's uh, guys dealt with there. Um, and I guess you just had a speeding Davis with Jam and Davis and a few other things. But the the problem is is who are the young guys on this roster that we should be excited for? Right, if you built a culture with a couple of young pieces, who, who are you speaking of, Ron? I I think I don't understand what he means by culture at any point. Like, I what know. is a team with a good culture? Yeah, do, I know. do you just mean a winning team? Right. right. Why? <laughs> just say it. Like, I, oh, we lost, but the culture was good. But the culture was damn good. Who? who, who, who damn does, good. What does that mean to anyone that it, isn't, I guess, on the team? Right. It means nothing. Ron also spoke on Trent Williams. Uh, this is clip number one here. Obviously, Trent Williams was the first mistake in the Ron Rivera era. Part of that was Bruce Allen's fault. Uh, but then, instead of replacing Trent Williams with the number two overall pick or some point in the next few seasons, they went with Chase Young. They went with Jamin Davis. They went with Emmanuel Forbes. When are we going to draft an offensive lineman? Well, not when Ron Rivera is here. Here's Ron on Trent Williams. The first and the, and, and, and the hardest thing we had to deal with, obviously, was right off the bat with Trent. 
I mean, the dude's a phenomenal player. And if there had been any way we could have worked something out and keep, keep, I mean, he, he, he's a generational left tackle. He comes in, he plays 12, 15 years. I mean, that's phenomenal. I mean, and, and his athleticism and who he is as a player. I mean, that, that was special. And then, and then you had, you know, then you had a, uh, a right guard. Um, and, and, and that's special. And, and, you know, we, we couldn't work anything out with him. You know, we've constantly had to had to always, um, you know, try and figure out how we can keep them, and then eventually you just can't can't afford to keep them anymore. Stub, can you make me a promise? Don't ever play another Ron Rivera clip. You I mean, just hearing him talk is ah, <laughs> oh, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. You know, do you, do you think he learned from this experience? No, here? I think he, I think he <laughs> did learn is, is that he can't do it all. Right. Yeah, I guess in that sense. <laughs> I, I think that's what he learned. But man, I mean, who would give Ron another shot here? I, I honestly, I think if he wants to stay in football, he's got to go to the college ranks. Right. You think so? I think so. I mean, I, I just don't see anybody hiring him as a DC when in the last five weeks his defense got worse. Maybe the Panthers will. No chance. They don't want Ron. <laughs> they don't back. want him back. No, no way. They want him back. So it's a clean slate here in Washington. We've moved on from Ron Rivera. And we're trying to find out who will be the next head coach. In fact, the next head coach for the Commanders might be the offensive coordinator in one of this weekend's games with Ben Johnson penciled in as Adam Peters' number one choice from all the reports that we've heard. Um, I do think they kept mentioning they want a leader of men. Hopefully Ben Johnson can be their, that guy. He is young. And uh, hey. But, when he wins the Super Bowl this year, yeah. he's going to be a great pick. Well, Michael <laughs> Michael said it best when he said, we kind of want the, the hex, next head coach to make it deep into the playoffs so that you know there, there's more cachet when he actually gets the job. And I think back to last year when we hired Eric Bieniemy, why did we think that was a superstar hire? Because he had just won a second Super Bowl with the Kansas City Chiefs as their offense coordinator. Ben Johnson's going to be at least a top four. Yeah. I think I think they clear the line. I really see them in the Super Bowl. You do? That's my hot take here. Okay. I, I see the Lions taking on the Ravens in the Super Bowl. Well, I, I do believe in upsets taking place this weekend. So we'll go around the NFL, pick some winners, and let you know what we think are the best games of the weekend on NFL Hits coming up next. Welcome back. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. You know, Michael talked about it on his show. A lot of the teams left in the NFL playoffs have something in common. That is a first-round draft pick in a quarterback. Well, all eight of the divisional round teams also have this one thing in common. According to Chris Trapasso of CBS Sports, these remaining playoff teams... All have one commonality. Can you name it, Stubb? Uh, well, well. first off, all eight don't have a first-round quarterback, No, right? I think it was seven of eight. I think that's yeah, what Michael because said. because Brock Purdy. Right. Uh, the other commonality, I do not know. I, a I, I tight a- end in their top two receptions for receiving yards and receiving touchdowns. Yeah, I don't think I would have guessed that one. Yeah. <laughs> all these teams <laughs> have a star at tight end. We'll go around the NFL here on NFL Hits. Every regular season matchup, every head coach on the hot seat, the hit stories in the NFL, NFL Hits on AWOD Radio. I love this article here. He, he says that the latest plan in the NFL to stay ahead of the curve, and in this case the curve can be equated to simply opposing defenses, team builders, 
and offensive coordinators have leaned into 12 personnel. Stub 12 personnel is a two tight end, one running back, two receiver grouping. I think you knew about that. Yeah, Didn't of course, you know of about course the I knew about that. Yeah, I'm always talking about yeah, it. Yeah, I was like, what? This guy knows about the 12? I don't even know about the 12. So in 2023 in the regular season, there were 1,271 more 12 personnel plays in the NFL than in 2018. I'm having like deja vu. Uh, Did we talk about this story already? I, or am I, I losing my mind? I, I, I don't think we've talked about You've never heard this. of this. All right. <laughs> so the eight teams left in the playoffs have all their great tight ends. So Chiefs. Star, Obvious. Travis Kelsey. Yep. Niners star, George Kittle. Ravens. Likely. Mark Andrews also, and oh, likely. Yeah. Uh, Dalton Schultz was great with the Dallas Tech, um, Dallas Cowboys. Then he went to the Texans. Still been good. The Lions, when he's healthy, first-year pro, Sam Laporta has been awesome. The Bills got two. Dalton Knox can score. Dalton Kincaid they just drafted in the first round. The Packers, they got two rookies, Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave, and for the Bucks, it's tight end Cade Otten that finished the regular season second in receiving touchdowns. So, I mean, is that wild how important the tight end position is in the NFL right now? Yeah, is, do, you, do you think that Travis Kelsey has kind of like set a standard for the tight end? Or do I you think, think he the showed. I think he showed the potential of what mm-hmm. a superstar tight end can mean to you. And Gronk did that too. I mean, yeah. Gronk won a ton of Super Bowls with the Patriots, and then won it again with the Bucks. I mean, it just. Show, I've always said this, and I'm not patting myself on the back, but I've always said a young quarterback's best friend is their tight end. I mean, he's the big load in the middle. All he does is run up field usually, turn around, box a guy out, and you get a 10-yard pass, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, we talked about it, seven of the eight quarterbacks were first-round picks. Well, a few of them, young quarterbacks, need to throw to their tight end to have success. Yeah. I think when I play Madden, I think I probably throw to my tight end the most Yeah, when I'm thinking about it. Right. If I'm not scrambling with Lamar Jackson every play. <laughs> <laughs> and so it, it, I just think it's really interesting. And uh, with Washington here, we have not drafted a tight end that was an impact player since Jordan Reed. I, I, I had a lot of high hopes and expectations for Cole Turner out of Nevada, a great red zone threat. Hasn't been able to see the field. And there was some weird situation going on. The end of this season, he was getting inactives, right? And they were going with John Bates, a better blocking tight end. But I I just thought this article was eye-opening because all the teams have one thing in common. That is basically a star at the tight end position. Not just a guy, a star. Yeah, like I, I, I could, I've barely heard those two commanders tight end names, right. and we talk about the commanders all the time. Right. All the other names you gave me, I hear all the time. Yeah. All right. So let's look at the best games of the weekend, and according to our friends at Sporting News, they've picked some winners. They believe the Ravens will win, but the Texans will not cover the spread. They believe the Niners win and cover a ten-point spread. They believe the Lions win, but the Bucks cover the spread, and they believe the Chiefs can pull off the upset. Now, Stubb, we're doing our own pool here at 910 The Fan, the Odyssey NFL Confidence Pool. Rob Hoffman, the producer of VCU Basketball here on 910 The Fan, is the reigning champion, so we do need to mention him first, Stubb. Where is he at in the standings? He's in a three-way tie for sixth place. Okay, so not doing well. Not doing great. Not, not, Not a... Not a great performance. And he actually reached out and wanted to make an amendment to the rules. He did. Sounds like a sore loser. <laughs> no, he, it was he. he I, I could tell he'd meant to say it earlier. I, yeah. I really like the idea that he gave. Okay. So I will give him credit for that. Okay. Though. So maybe next year we'll do it a little differently. Yeah. I, his made it so the whole 
four weeks had a lot more weight to them yeah. as opposed to a lot of the weight being in the first week. But I do like the first week the best because it's the most amount of games. Yes. And usually the most amount of upsets. Yes. That right? is fair. And there sure was. <laughs> yeah. So first place is actually JC. It is JC. Which is, which is wild because... I'm not sure he knows what a football looks like. <laughs> and he's got a he's got a two point lead on second place. Right. So he he's got 18 of potential 21 because he went five of six over the he weekend. Went five of six. Yeah. I mean, good for him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how did he know the Bucks were going to win? How did he know the Texans were going to win? Well, that's win? a commonality in the top three. It's, it's the what? three people that took the Bucks. Yeah. 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 I um, I mean, I'll admit I was wrong. Right. This is I hate being burned by Philadelphia sports teams in the playoffs twice in one calendar year. But that's exactly what happened. I championed the Sixers, Joel Embiid. Embarrassed me. I was all in. I kept saying, you know, the key word that all my friends keep using, Stubb, or your, or your friends using this, is instead of calling it the playoffs, they're calling it the offs. Everyone's no. calling it Y-O-F-F-S, the offs. And everyone's <laughs> saying, oh, yeah, the Eagles will be fine when they get to the offs. Jalen Hurts is a dog. A.J. Brown's going to play. He didn't play. Told you about his And hurt. they didn't show up. The hurt finger. It was the hurt I finger. I told you. Yeah. It wasn't just his name being hurt. It was his <laughs> finger also. All right, so have you uh, decided any of your picks for this weekend? Do you know I, what you're most confident in? I, I do. I do have my picks. Okay. I, I'm in third place right now, so I have to be careful. I'm yep. one behind MP. Yep. And so I have started. My four is going to be the Lions. Oh. I really like the Lions here. I, I don't think that the Buccaneers put up a good performance mm. last week. And I know the scoreboard would say differently, but there was a lot of drop passes. A lot of things went wrong. And I think the Lions are probably having Laporta back. I believe that that's what reports are showing. That, that's what and, reports are. And I just think that they're a great, aggressive team. I'm a, I understand your argument. I'm going to argue for the Bucks. Play a little devil's advocate here. Yeah. Look, yesterday I talked about why I'm high on Baker Mayfield. You know, he can read defenses. He's been slept on his entire career in the NFL. Just continues to put up good touchdown-to-interception mm-hmm. ratios. He's also light on his feet. He can scramble, get around the outside. But the reason I give the Bucks a chance against the Lions is what happened in that second half of the Lions game. Offensively, they, they disappeared. They could not get down the field. And according to Greg Cassell of NFL Network, Bucks head coach Todd Bowles is the Greg Maddox of blitzers. He'll throw everything at you with a little spin at the end. And they did a whole segment discussing the X's and O's of how the Bucks can compete with the Detroit Lions. I think we're sleeping on how many playmakers are on the Bucks' defensive side of the ball. And if they play a lights-out defensive game, they're going to have a chance to win this thing. But if if the Lions have Laporta back, that's a good way to get around the blitz. It is. It is a good, so, it's a good way to get around the blitz there. Um, but, man, Jared Goff sometimes struggles under pressure. And the Rams are a better team than the Bucks, And they still held on. Yeah. So, Well, the Rams beat the Lions. What were you saying? The Eagles are a better team than the Bucks? No, the the Lions beat the Ram The Lions beat the Rams last week. Right, right, right. And the Buccaneers are better than the Rams. Oh, you oh, no, think no, so? sorry, the Rams are better than the They're Buccaneers. Better than the Buccaneers. Okay. So I, I, I think, get that. Yeah. I get that. Um I am most confident in the Baltimore Ravens. I, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, right. I really am. Uh I mean, you know I'm a I'm a hater of rookie quarterbacks. Every time CJ Stroud wins, I have to put my foot farther into the back of my mouth. Uh, which sucks because I said no rookie quarterback was going to even make the postseason. Not only did he make it, but he won a game. Super um, divisional round. But I, I just I, I look at this matchup here and, and I say, well, the Ravens already blew out the Texans this year. And they, they did not hit their peak, right? That was early in the season. Mm. The Ravens are a completely different team now. Uh, they're going to 
I mean, they're they're peaking, it feels like, right? I mean, against the Dolphins, they put up 56 points. The Niners the week before, they won 33-19. They beat probably two of the top five teams in the NFL in back-to-back weeks. And before that, it was the Jaguars, who were a playoff team back then. I just think Lamar Jackson is on a mission. He's on a mission to prove that he yeah. can win games in the playoffs. We know Lamar's a regular season MVP. He's done it before. He probably did it again this year. But he's always struggled in the postseason. And I think this is his year where he proves the haters wrong. Uh, his completion percentage is better this year. He's got more weapons on the outside. And, and that Baltimore defense, they blitz all night. Yeah. And don't get me watch. wrong. I'm, I'm picking the Ravens here. Right. They are just they're my two. They're your two. CJ Stroud could make magic happen, and that's the only thing I'm worried about. If you got any upset picks for the weekend, chime in 833-804-0910. That's 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So much going on in the world of the National Basketball Association, the NBA, with the Sad news of the passing of the assistant coach for the Golden State Warriors. Now a second game has been postponed. Their game Friday uh, will be moved to a later date. The trade with all-star Pascal Siakam uh, going from the Raptors to the Indiana Pacers. And the wild story involving DeAndre Ayton missing the game due to climate. He could not make it out of his house because of a snowstorm there in Portland. So we'll go around the NBA with the fast break coming up next. But joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, it's Mark Schofield. What's going on, Mark? What's going on, Adam, my friend? How are you doing today? I'm doing good. So uh, we asked you this last week. We'll do it again. What would be Mark Schofield's certified NFL game of the week? Yeah, I, I kind of think it has to be Bill's Chiefs just because of a number of different reasons. When you think about sort of from a senior perspective, the other games, you know, you get a one versus four in Baltimore, Houston. You get the one versus seven with Green Bay, San Francisco. And then that, you know, three, four matchup with, you know, the Rams. I mean, excuse me, the Lions and Buccaneers. But you get a two, three. You get a matchup of teams that have obviously had some playoff history before. And to add a little intrigue to it, it's the first time that Patrick Mahomes has to go on the road for a playoff game. All of his other postseason games in his career have either been at Arrowhead or at a neutral site in the Super Bowl. I guess you could say, you know, when you go to Raymond James to play the Buccaneers, that's kind of a road game, but it's still in the Super Bowl. So I think there's a lot of elements to this game, and obviously two very good quarterbacks, two very good offenses. And so I think that's the game that I'm going to be most tuned into. I do think that's going to be the most viewed NFL game of the weekend here. It's just got so much juice. I mean, everyone's going to be talking about 13 seconds on the clock, the Chiefs come back uh, and, and win that game. But, man, I we both thought Chiefs-Dolphins was going to be the game of the week last week, and it was not. It was not even close. And so I'm actually going to point to Packers-Niners. I, I, I think the Packers are playing with house money. The Niners have been resting their guys for a few weeks here. I think that's going to be a close game. It could very well be a close game. And I think when you see what the Green Bay Packers and Jordan Love did to the Dallas Cowboys a week ago, you see how there's a roadmap for them to have a similar kind of game against San Francisco. Obviously, what they did running the football, I think, was very important against Dallas because it sets up a lot of what they like to do in the play-action passing game, and that will certainly be important for them up against a very good Niners defense. You also look at how they were able to create some turnovers. You know, the two, you know, the interceptions of Dak Prescott, you get the six, the pick six before halftime. 
I mean, those are the kinds of plays that they're going to need to pull off this upset for a second week in a row. So I think Green Bay certainly has a chance to go into San Francisco and win this game. You know, the question becomes, can they have that kind of sustained performance for two weeks in a row? Mark, you spoke of the Dallas Cowboys. Do you think Jerry Jones made the right decision bringing back Coach Mike McCarthy? It's, it's, it's so interesting, Adam, because, you know, go back to October. I know we talked about the idea that, look, if they have another embarrassing playoff loss and Bill Belichick is out there, there's going to be this impetus, this, this feel from Jerry Jones that he's going to have that knee-jerk reaction and do something yeah. rash. And it all sort of set up that way. I think it's interesting that this is very much against form for Jerry Jones. I think everybody in the sort of the sports media space thought that he was going to have this wild overreaction. Instead, Brennan back McCarthy. Now there's reports out this morning that, you know, if he does not get a head coaching job, they're going to bring back Dan Quinn as well. I know a lot of Cowboys fans are very frustrated. The point is the fact that you win 12 games in a row for the third straight season, but you don't have a Super Bowl to show for it. So the second time they've done it in franchise history, the last time they did it was the Johnson Switzer days. And of course they got two Super Bowls out of that run. Cowboys fans are frustrated and I get it, but I think, it makes sense to me because Jerry's going against form that Jerry of old would have just blown it all up and had an overreaction. I kind of understand why he's practicing a bit of patience here. I mean, I, I understand it too. And, uh, you know, as a commanders fan, I'm kind of excited for Mike McCarthy again, but look, I mean, you just look at the regular season success and I just, I understand Jerry Jones not making an emotional decision, bringing him back here. And, and you know, I, I would kill for three straight seasons of, of 12 wins. I mean, I get it. It's emotional. You get blown out at home by the Packers. You know, people watching the game are probably breaking their televisions. But, you know, this loss will hurt them for about three weeks. And then they'll get excited for the draft pick and they'll be fired up again because this is a team that has dominated in the regular season. So I think it was the right move by the Cowboys. Yeah, I think so, too, in a way. And they're built to have sort of sustained success. It's just now they need whatever that missing piece is going to be, whether it's, you know, something else on the offensive line, something else on the defensive side of the football, whatever it is. There's certainly something that they're going to go through and identify over these next couple of weeks. And I think it's also important that Jerry Jones in his statement talked about how, you know, not only has the team played well, certainly in the regular season, you know, he's got this great winning percentage, but he also highlighted what he called individual performances. And I think what we saw from Dak this year, you know, cutting down on the turnovers, I know he had the bad game in Grinch Green Bay, puts them in a position where they feel they can make a sustained run next year. Now, let's be honest, if they start 2-2 two and two or something like that next season, the pressure will be right back on Mike McCarthy. But I think this was a smart, patient move for Jerry Jones right now. Absolutely. And look, we'll never know if they reached out to Bill Belichick and discussed him coming to town, but there are a lot of rumors floating around that Bill's going to be heading to Atlanta. What do you think of that? Falcons and Belichick just feels weird. It does feel weird, but it does seem like that has gained momentum. We're hearing reports of the second round of interviews is set to take place this weekend, and it seems like there is a lot of interest and mutual interest between the two sides. You wonder how, look, they have a president, I mean, a CEO, Rich McKay. They have a general manager, Kerry Fontenot. You know, is Belichick going to come in and just be a head coach, or is he going to have, you know, sustained personnel involvement in the decision-making process? That will probably have to be worked out, and that's probably part of the discussions here. It's going to seem weird, you know, prowling the sidelines in Atlanta, but it seems like this is where this is headed. A lot of people saying, look, this is going to get done sooner rather than later. I'll let you know. I already get the story pre-written. You know, that's how much I think I think it's going to go down here in the next couple of days.
If you have to pick one upset over the weekend, who are you picking? I think in terms of the seeds, I'll probably look at Tampa Bay. I was very impressed with what they did against yeah. Philadelphia. And ultimately, look, that may have told us more about the Eagles than the Buccaneers and how things have gone south for Philadelphia. But the Buccaneers left some big plays in the passing game on the field. They, they missed on some opportunities. Baker had some throws in that game that were dropped or weren't completed that could have gone for big plays and could have even tacked on some more points to that final score. And I think when you flip it around and look at Jared Goff, he's been okay this year against pressure, 10th in the NFL in adjusted completion percentage, when pressured this year, according to Pro Football Focus. But he's also thrown nine picks when pressured, second most in the NFL. Tampa Bay is going to bring pressure. Now, which Jared Goff shows up, the one that had that 10th best adjusted completion percentage or the one that threw nine picks? If it's the one that threw nine picks, and that's where I'm leaning, Tampa Bay's got a really good chance to win this game. You know what? I'm all I'm all on board with you. My producer, Stubb, is, is picking the lines, so we're going head-to-head. But I, I agree. I think you could argue Baker can win that quarterback duel. I think you could argue Tampa Bay has the better defense, and I'd argue – that Tampa Bay still has a Super Bowl roster just minus Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, I think those are all very good points, Adam. And you look at, you know, we all thought, or at least I know I did, that the Rams were going to get a field goal and we we're going to have a Jared Goff game with a drive situation. In the back of my mind, I thought, look, the Rams are moving on. Now, it didn't play out that way. They got the big holding penalty on Hutchinson, which pushed the Rams out of field goal range, and eventually the Lions hung on. But it feels like they were close in that game. Now you've got a defense that might be a little bit better suited to get after Jared Goff. Certainly the Rams have Donald, but the Buccaneers are going to bring more pressure. They've got an experienced roster. I think they're in a very good position to win this game. Yeah, Stubb, I hope you're taking notes. Have you changed your mind? You're still in on the Lions. I don't know. I think with Laporta back. All I'm right, make your case them. for the Lions. Just Laporta coming back? I, they've been an explosive offense all year, and I just I, I think that the, the Buccaneers got an easy game. And it made him look really good. That's that's my stance. Yeah, it's a good point, Mark. Yeah, it's a fair point. I mean, like I said, that game Monday night may have may ultimately be more about how the wheels just completely fell off in Philadelphia than anything else. So that's a very good point. Look, it might have just been look they got an Eagles team that was so bad at that point in the season that it made him look good. Uh, here's a betting question for you. Player props are always fun uh, during the playoffs. Dalvin Cook, 28 years old, was added to the 53-man roster in Baltimore. Do you expect him to get some carries? Should I look in to Dalvin Cook touchdown prop? I think so. I, I think that would be a nice little change of pace that the Ravens could bring to the table. Now, they've gotten Russian production, even with the injuries at the position, but you know, nobody's expecting Dalvin Cook to you know, handle the workload and you know, get 40 carries or something like that. But it wouldn't surprise me if they use him, if Todd Monkin uses him in some packages, some goal line packages and things like that, and he sort of vultures a touchdown or two. So, yeah, that's something I'd definitely be interested in. Always good stuff, Mark. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Adam. Enjoyed it. Enjoy the games this weekend. Yep, sounds good. You're listening to AWOD on the fan. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Uh, So I teased this story. We want to get to it real quick. We are joined by the traffic reporter, Brian, who's going to bring us Brian's picks in just a minute here. But uh, the first ever did not play because of the climate. DeAndre Ayton, according to reporter for the Portland Trailblazers, tried for hours to combat 
the sheets of ice leading out of his neighborhood. Then the team actually sent people out to help, but to no avail. He was out last night for the game against Brooklyn because he could not get to the arena. Wow. Is that incredible or what? Was this in New York? No, this was in Portland. Okay. He now plays for the Blazers. He spent the entire of his career in Phoenix with the Suns. So I get he's used to the warm weather. Right. Um... But it just—it actually kind of pissed me off because you're a millionaire, you signed a huge contract, and you can't get to the arena. It tells me he bojangled trying to leave his house until the last <laughs> possible minute, had to call Chauncey Billups up and say, hey, can you send help? And the help couldn't even arrive. Now, some people are coming to his defense and showing pictures of his street, and it is really icy. But it was icy out there, Dude, yes. I mean— but. Hop on a boogie board get and have somebody carry you. Right. <laughs> get a, get him lifted out of his home. Have you ever seen a story like that where a sport, uh, a no. sport, an athlete cannot make it to their sporting event because of the snow? Now, a traffic director will routi- routinely call in and uh, work from home. Oh, really? Ice, including this one on Tuesday. <laughs> I did that very thing. <laughs> so DeAndre Ayton tried to work from home. Yeah, imagine him on Zoom. Yeah, let's swing it to the left. Swing it to Anthony got like Simons. A, got like a robot out there <laughs> right. holding the ball. Yeah. Right, they just put an iPad on a stick. <laughs> a seven-foot iPad that's with the face of DeAndre You know, Ayton. we laugh about that. That might be coming. Yeah. With AI. Yeah. AI NBA. Oh, don't get me started about AI. I'm going to be the first radio host to murder AI. Yeah, call me a robot. I'm going after AI because they're trying to steal our jobs. They're trying to steal our jobs. Got a doubt, right? They're they're doing you know radio programs where it's like it is 65 degrees outside. Brought to you by bot bot bada bada. Are people listening to that? Uh, I think they are. I feel like you listen to people listen to their Amazon, and that thing is stupid. But that's like for specific questions, right? I think maybe some radio stations in town that do that. Oh, not really? us, of course. Yeah, like, no, not you, us. We are listen, live and local. We are. Why would you listen to the radio if, if not for personality? Right. Like, I, I don't Well, that's why I think like, they would never be able to take our jobs, but there are, you know, there are companies that can't afford to hire a DJ, so they hire a robot. How much do you think a robot costs an hour? I'll tell you, it's zero dollars. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right, right, we got Brian in here from Brian's Pick, so let's... Uh, not hold him up from his traffic duties oh, too hey, long. hey, listen, this is my lunch hour. Now, I will say... We called you an NFL savant, and then you went three and three last week. So I'm losing a lot of faith hey, in your picks. He's tied here. for the third most correct. Oh, really? Yeah. Why don't, you go, of... why don't you go through the standings one more time Let's here? Hear this those is standings, the shall Odyssey we? NFL confidence okay. pool. JC on the mic. Yeah. On the board takes the lead with 18 points. That's he got five out of six. I, he I only guarantee missed he, his three. He does not know what a football is made of. If you told, if you told, if you gave him options. Yeah, we had a little quiz session with him last yeah. week in uh, BZ, the big man's office, and yeah. he, there was several things he didn't know about sports. Oh, yeah. I asked him if he knew who Tiger Woods was. Yeah. He knew Tiger. I asked him if Probably he knew who... just from the commercials, though. Right. I asked him if he knew who John Madden was, and he knew about the video game, right. not about well, the coach of the Vegas Raiders. I went that one slide. He's been off the air 25 years. Yeah, but still. R.I.P. Love me some John Madden. All right, so you're going to bounce back this weekend. Yes. Who do you want me to keep... Keep reading off the the standings. Sure, go yeah. ahead. Uh, go ahead. MP two points lower, sixteen yeah. points, and Number that makes second. sense. You know, yeah. Michael, Michael knows Phillips, football. Yeah. Okay. Number three is myself, one point behind Michael. Stub and third. I'm in third, and then Brian is in fourth wow. with fourteen points. I am impressed with yeah. that. Yeah. Now to climb up to first, though, you might have to take some risks here. But this is not your confidence picks. This is just Brian's picks. We're going to try to put together a parlay. Okay. Of your four picks for. This weekend, what you got? 
Well, let's say, look, I didn't bring my cheat sheet, so you have to read them off, and I'll All right, tell Texans, you. Ravens, Saturday, 4.30. I'm going Ravens. Okay. I think the Ravens are the Super Bowl champions. I, I like that. I like that. Now, uh, the Texans have a young quarterback, C.J. Stroud, who's been really impressive uh, this yes. year. But you're going with Baltimore. Baltimore. All right. Packers, Niners. Uh, you know, I think the Niners... As much as I really want to pick the Packers, the Niners. Why do you want to pick the Packers? Because it's a good story with the quarterback, and I'm sitting there watching it last week, and I'm complimenting the Fox crew for using Huey Lewis in the news, Power of Love, going into a break because of Jordan Love. Yeah. And it's like, but in San Francisco is probably too good to, too I think, good to lose. I think it, they are especially too good. in Santa Clara. Yeah. You love love. Are you picking them, though? No. Yeah. No. Didn't think so. <laughs> uh, Bucks at Detroit Lions. I've already come out and said. I'm picking the Bucks as my upset pick of the weekend. I'm all in on Baker Mayfield and Todd Bowles' ability to call up some great defensive schemes. Uh, I think I'm going to go Tampa as well. Really? Ooh. Why is that? Well, the Detroit Magic you've been listening maybe, to this radio show. Well, the Detroit Ma- Pixie Dust there might be running a little sh- a little short. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I, Tampa Bay. Tampa I mean, Bay. they were lucky to escape the Rams. Well... I think you might be right. Yeah. But, man, you would have thought they won a Super Bowl the way they went that post-game show. was like they kept going on. I did not won a game in 30 years. Right, I know. They're showing Dan Campbell's intro press conference where he's crying and saying, we're going to get knocked down. We're going to get up again. We're going to take a punch to the face. You know, we're going to sucker punch you back. (laughs) I love Dan. Yeah. By the way, the the – Guys on the TV were funny because they were like, the last time they won, they were in the, won a playoff game, there was no such thing as texting. <laughs> I was like, yeah, maybe a little over the top. It's probably true. Yeah, no, very true. <laughs> Chiefs at Bills. Now, I, I, Chiefs are the underdogs. I don't think that's an upset pick, though. Yeah. I mean, they've won the Super Bowl twice in the last five years. They've been to the AFC title game every year in the last five years. Who you got? Uh, I like Buffalo at home. I think that uh, they're finally going to um, beat. Haven't they lost a couple of times to yeah. Kansas City? I think this is uh, Josh Allen's time to uh, to shine at home. Have and you it heard won't be fifty you know million inches of snow on the field either? Have you heard what Bills Mafia is doing before games now? Oh, this no. is great. This is Brian, a great story. Have you heard about this? <laughs> I have not. All right. So, do you want to explain yeah, the story? Explain do, so, do you have an audio piece? To I go have with audio, it? but I can. It's it's someone explaining it. Okay. I, I've memorized it. Uh, right. So essentially. They're building a new stadium for Buffalo. Right they next are. door. Yes. Right next door. I heard that. I heard, did hear that. There's a large hole in the like. There's just a big hole in the ground. That's what right. the stadium is right now. Okay. And and not like a like a puddle hole. Like a like a like a meteor hole. A meteor hole would well, be where they're going to put the stadium. It. Yeah, that makes sense. And so I think it was six games ago, someone fell in the hole and was rushed to the ER. Oh wow! And then the Bills won that game. It was what an is, upset. Game. What does Bills Mafia do? They believe in superstitions. You know, they're jumping into a table that's on fire yep. every week. Well, here's another superstition. Go ahead, Stone. We did Please. lose four Super Bowls in a row, just saying. Yeah. Boy, I love losing Super Bowls. <laughs> that's Bills. Weekly, they sacrifice someone to the pit. Someone jumps in, injures themselves, break a leg, break an arm. Bills haven't lost a game since. Oh, my God. All right. I mean, do you, now, you're a big Mets fan. If you could guarantee that Mets would have... A World Series appearance? Would you think about jumping into a hole? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not I would crazy. never injure my myself for the Commanders, and I love this team. I, yeah, I would now, not jump. I, I might have said on the air that I'd cut off a pinky, but I changed my mind about that. 
<laughs> it's not worth it. I think that cold weather starts to affect your brain after a while. I mean, oh, yeah. it's been cold around here for like four days, and I'm already shivering. Yeah. Can you imagine living up there? I know. Because you just imagine you go to a Bills game, though. You bring your you bring your kid. All of a sudden, you hear someone screaming, and you're like, man, somebody should call for help. And everyone else is just cheering. We sacrificed him. <laughs> We're going to win. We sacrificed him to the gods of football. Wow. It's a wild story, Brian. And, and you know what? The Bills, what, what is the line on that game, on the uh, the official line? The official line right now on FanDuel, sign up promo code AWOD, is Bills minus three. Okay. Now, the over-under at 45 and a half is kind of low. It makes me feel like uh, the weather could be an issue. Now, I was a little upset that that Bills game last weekend didn't have snow on the field. Yeah, they were efficient with that field, man. I mean, that artificial turf. Yeah, it's not called that anymore. I mean, I, I think they cheated. I don't know what they did. <laughs> Boy, do the seats have snow yeah. on them? Oh, uh, I know. <laughs> do you see that one family that was like shoveling their section? Yeah. <laughs> right. If they did that in Philadelphia, they'd have been throwing snow on the field the whole game. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, Eagles fans suck. <laughs> They'd have been aiming for Nick Sirianni's head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're going to find out if Sirianni will keep his job. Mike McCarthy keeping his job he is, with the yes. Cowboys, though. Yeah, he is. Yeah. And I actually respect the decision by Jerry Jones. Do not be affected by the emotional element of losing a playoff game at home. Three straight 12-win seasons deserves to keep his job. We needed some of those uh, emojis to cover his lips the other day so we couldn't see what he was saying on national television. Oh, I know, right? Could have been a fine coming. How about uh, Andy <laughs> Reid's frozen mustache? <laughs> I can't get that image yeah, out of my mouth. so much. I can't get it out of my mind. It's just it's what I keep looking at. Are there any reports at all of any of these players getting frostbite? I mean, seriously. No, I didn't hear anything about that. I just, I mean, they say if your skin's exposed in that weather for like five minutes, you're going to frostbite to death, and it's like... These guys out there in their, you know, the linemen are in there with, you know, no t-shirts. And yeah. you could just, they would have taken their entire jersey off they could. Yeah. Anyway. Well, Brian, we appreciate you stopping by. No the problem. traffic reporter on the fan. How are the roads looking? Uh, you know, Saturday morning I have to come into work early. You're downstairs. <laughs> I'm a little worried. Yeah. I might have to pull like the uh, guy out there in Portland. I'd have to call, call not come, in. Not come into work. Not come in. <laughs> I that, like that. that it's always good to get a traffic report from the <laughs> traffic good. director. That's, That's Brian. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD on the fan.